Well, we're here today somehow. Yeah, somehow we're here. <laughs> Episode uh, 18? Yeah, 18. Yes. I love that we write it down every week and then we no, start. I lose track of these numbers. Yes. No. This is 18. how our show starts every week now. What number is this? <laughs> uh, yeah. Today we're talking about um, one of the uh, curios of 90s pop radio. Curio is a good word. Yeah. yeah. For mm-hmm. her especially. Yeah. <laughs> Sophie B. Hawkins, um, whose songs you've almost certainly heard. Uh, at oh, least, yeah, totally. At least a couple of them. Oh, yes. Everyone. She's one of these... She's one of these unusual pop culture figures where uh, I, I call them two hit twofers because they're not really one hit wonders. Because yeah. she she had two very distinct hits, like Terrence Trent Darby would be another one because he oh. had Wishing Well and he had uh, Sign Your Name. He's one of my favorites. Well, by everybody the way, knows those two songs, but nobody exactly. knows yeah any other one. So yeah, but uh, Sophie B is definitely uh, one of those. I think it, just in terms of pop culture, I actually think her her big two songs are have have this kind of novelty appeal too. Like when it comes on, everyone's like, (laughs) and they all love it. Like it's got some sort of novelty, early nineties, lameish appeal, but it's great. Everyone loves it. Yes. So before we talk about the tunage, let's do a little background on good old Sophie B. She's Mm -hmm. from New York city, another New York artist. I don't know how we keep like, there's no science to how we pick these artists that we do on the show. We're just like, Hey, how about that? Or that album or whatever. We're like, yeah, sounds good. One of us will throw it out to the other one. But yeah, we landed on Sophie B. Hawkins for this week, mm-hmm. and somehow I can be looking at like, damn it, it's another New Yorker. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of New Yorkers. There but are... I think for what we do, like a lot of club stuff, a lot of it comes from New York. I guess. So... It's just like, can't we find one person who's from Tacoma or Glendale, Illinois or something, you know? There will be one. Yeah, all right. It'll happen. So, we'll celebrate it a lot. Yes. So Sophie B. And we have to come across it randomly. It has to be organic. I'm not going to specifically go seek out, oh, yeah, yeah, seek yeah, out yeah. an artist from Glendale, Illinois and feature them on the show. Although Glendale. now I, I kind of want to. <laughs> Is Glendale, Illinois even a place? Did I make that up? <laughs> it might not be. We can Wikipedia and see if there are any good notable people. Right. We can do a whole entire Glendale, Illinois episode. All right. That sounds good. It will be very offbeat because no one will have heard of any of those people, including us. Yes. <laughs> Today from Glendale, Illinois, we're featuring uh, Gilda Putzmeyer, who sings down at the Ramada Inn. <laughs> this is about as offbeat as it gets. <laughs> she doesn't even remember her music. <laughs> also, I like that I made her name Glenda, and she's from Glendale, Illinois. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, well. we'll All right, so Sophie it. B is from New York City. Uh, she went to the Manhattan School of Music, so she's like actually semi classically trained can we say that uh probably i mean she's form- she may have been the worst she has class. some formal music education we'll yeah. go with that she ain't just putzing around her bio on her website indicates that she did drop out uh before finishing so i don't think she has a degree from the manhattan school of music but she did um attend the manhattan school of music most of our offbeat people went to college for a while and then you know that's what you do. It's what you do on <laughs> yeah, this offbeat track show. Or, you know, like in the case of the Jets, they were going to start a family lawn service and decided <laughs> to do a band instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all we all take different paths to our success. And then I didn't know this about her. This is on her, her official bio on her website also, but she was hired by Brian Ferry, the guy from Roxy yeah. Music, uh, to be a percussionist for him. She's trained as a percussionist. That's what she went to school for, to be, a, I guess, a, whatever percussionist means. I guess that means drummer and anything you can, like, hit and keep a beat on. Tambourine. I, yeah. Oh, tambourine. That's good. I can definitely, like, I envision Sophie B, like, with like with a wood block or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's you know? not a formal drum set. No, it's I don't gotta see. It's got to be some sort of. I don't see her behind a drum set, no. No, I see her with um, maybe not a tambourine, but something like a little bit more far eastern. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know the name of any of those. She probably doesn't either. Like uh, yes, I play the <laughs> on, on on this album. <laughs> 
classically trained as a good I went into the mountains and wrote with my <laughs> And I yeah. came back with my fourth album. That's what it's called. It's just an unpronounceable noise. <laughs> Uh, I like how we're just inventing this I know, Sophie B. straw woman. We're so sorry, Sophie B. <laughs> we really do love you. But maybe she'll write to us and be like, actually, that is you know, what happened. Real talk on her overall aesthetic. Did you like watching her videos and mm-hmm. stuff preparing for this episode? I, I admittedly, I had not seen a lot of her music videos. I'd heard I the, hadn't either. I'd heard the album, but I'd not actually sat down and watched the videos. Like, do you think that the character of Nikki on Orange is the New Black, like, do you think that they kind of... Like that, they were very informed by Sophie B. Like in creating the character, not in terms of like who Nikki is as a person, mm-hmm. like her her drug issues and being in prison and all that, because that's obviously not Sophie. But just like her overall aesthetic and appearance, I mean, she does look very Sophie B. Hawkins esque. I've never watched Orange Is the New Black. Oh, okay, which is pretty bad. But I'm just gonna agree with you because okay. you're good at this. All right. Yeah, I know she's like kind of got that hippie bohemian thing yeah but like but like with the 90s sheen like there's like a oh, lot yeah, of yeah 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 on the flannel and the big poofy hair yeah and you know probably a lot of like not wearing shoes that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah i see just, her as like that hippie early 90s kind of very much slight so. grungy look a little bit but not full-on grunge cause yeah she's like grunge. because remember in the early 90s there was everyone there was dressed like that. there was like well yeah everyone did dress like that but there was also a big like late 60s revival in the mm-hmm. 90s like that spirit kind of came back yep and i think that maybe it was like a post reagan thing like it post yeah, reagan like that- and then george bush happened and then yeah i think that a lot of um george bush the first that is of course I think that maybe that was what led to that sort of hippie. Yeah, but there was a lot, a lot of, of that, like Edie Brickell, the New Bohemians, that kind of, you know, Blind Melon. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of that uh, revival of that kind of sound. I used to have, I remember as a little kid, I had a bunch of flower power stuff. So that was really cool to have, I guess. I never really thought about it. Yeah. I was just like, peace is cool, because I was 10. See, you, well, yes, peace is cool. You weren't wrong. Peace is cool, but like, you know. Um, but yeah, she does say on her website, back to Sophie, she, mm-hmm. um, she was hired by Brian Ferry and says after he fired her, she was inspired to write her first single. That's what, <laughs> that's what her bio says on her website. I know why he fired Yeah, her. that's what I want to know too. That was exactly my thought. I'm like, what could possibly have transpired? I love Brian Ferry. I can kind of see him. <laughs> Sophie, we're going to need you to wash your hair. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh no, dog. She's <laughs> like, nope. Damn, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Wait a minute. Damn, I wish you wouldn't have said that. (laughs) I wonder what that single was. It was Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. She called it out by name, yeah, in the site. I was just abbreviating because we hadn't gotten there yet. I don't know. But I think think that's very interesting that there was a link there. Maybe that she wished he was... So, hmm. so yeah, let's let's go on and talk about this. Sophie's think, first yeah. album came out in 1992. Um, yes. Her her first single was indeed "Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover," which I think would be one of her two uh, known songs that, yes. that I mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, and I don't I don't think that she explicitly said in that little quote that this was about Brian Ferry, but she definitely said that him firing her inspired her to write this song, which is very curious for a couple of reasons. Because uh-huh. if you'll notice, you know, the song she she um, she flips genders. Mm-hmm. In, in the song, she, yes. she sings about uh, whoever she's talking about as both a man and a woman, which I think is interesting. And uh, Sophie has, like, long in interviews identified as omnisexual. Yes. Which I think is is kind of like being pansexual. I actually like, had to look this up yesterday because I was like, omnisexual. But it's basically like pansexual. Yeah, exactly. You like them all. Exactly. You just, you kind of don't care mm-hmm. what somebody's got yeah. going on between their knees or in their head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah, this, this for whatever reason, this song, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, came out of her being 
Fire by Ryan Ferry. I, I, and I'll, I'll straight up be honest. I fucking love this song. Oh, it's great. It's a great karaoke song too. Oh yes, one you of one of my go tos. You want to you want to get the club up. This is a very good one. Which is unusual because it's a very like mid tempo, almost even I would say kind of a down tempo song in places. It's it very. Is. It has you know it has lulls. It has its very soft moments, and then it, that chorus hits and it punches and it's. Oh man, it's, it's a just, perfect pop meets a little bit of a, an adult contemporary sound. Oh, totally. It's yeah. very something that would be played on Delilah, our girl. But I mean, it's. <laughs> is I, she it's, our girl now? Also, is that a thing? I don't know. I mean, is that's it Delilah everyone's girl? Um, <laughs> All right, you win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's. It, her voice is really good for this, too, because it's, it's actually kind of a really sexy song. It's got like. Oh, it's incredibly of, sexy. It's that kind of slowish melody, and it's just smooth, and her voice is like. She has a great voice. She has an incredible voice. And it's a great range, but it also. It's, it's per- like kind of deep and breathy too. Yes, it's, it's very sexy. It's kind of, it get, and that's what's amazing about it is that she can go to these very like soft, breathy places, but when she needs to, when she needs to push it, she can get this like husky growl mm-hmm. thing going. And that's, yeah, her voice is just perfect for this song for that reason. Yeah, it's like, to me, it's like a modern, smoother Bonnie Tyler in a way. Okay. She's using it differently, but she has a very Bonnie Tyler-esque voice when she wants to. I can see that. It's just very different music. The the next single that she dropped off of this record was called California Here I Come, um, which... There is a music video for this song yes. out there. And, and I watched it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it sounds pretty standard, you know, 90s hippie pop. And then you get mm-hmm. like two minutes into it, and then suddenly she starts reciting the Lord's Prayer, and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Yeah. Then you realize Sophie B is uh, <laughs> a little bit out there, maybe mm-hmm. in a way you like. Yep. But uh, yeah, this video is interesting because she's kind of glammed up. Like, yeah. she's very pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very pretty. She always has been. But like this is, she's got like this very curly kind of retro-y looking look to like her hair, yes. and she's in like a little dress. It's very weird for a Sophie B. Hawkins that you. Yeah, used you to. think you think maybe that was record company pressure? Like here, maybe. here's our idea for the video, and this is what you're gonna do. Maybe I mean I don't know. Hard to say. I know. Yeah, who knows? And I don't know exactly what her relationship was with her label, or right, you know how much they were worried about her image by any means, but. Yeah, I mean, it's a very strange video. It strange is. Strange little song. Everything's kind of um, strange. Speaking of videos, did you know that the one, not to rewind back, but did you know the one that, uh, the one for Damn I Wish I Was Your Lover mm-hmm. was banned on MTV for a period of time? I'm not surprised. And I'm, I'm certain, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing really racy about that video no. that I can remember. I mean, she's kind of rolling around in a little bit of a skimpy outfit in one point, but I wonder if it had to do with the, the lyrics. Never occurred to me until right now. I would say it would right probably now. have to. I feel like they showed much worse stuff, right? And yeah, yes, yes. And this is what, like ninety two? Like Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. <laughs> I think that was banned. Yeah, too. Th- this was nineteen ninety two. Um, but uh, yeah, this uh, California Here I Come was it's it's just a very interesting song all around. It's it like mm-hmm. I said, it's hippie pop, but then like with a lot of other pop music, there's just like this weird religious thing in there for seemingly no reason. But whatever. I guess it works. There is a lot of that in early 90s stuff, though. 
I, there was a lot of mix of, I think it's kind of that new age spiritualism thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of intertwined itself in a lot of music. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what that. Hashtag Enigma. Hashtag Enigma. Hashtag Offbeat Tracks. Hashtag I'm still exhausted from Enigma. <laughs> However. That was not a very good hashtag. <laughs> that was the best hashtag ever. Open up your world and arms. I had enough of the New York City slums. The last single she would drop from this was a Bob Dylan cover, which I thought was a mm-hmm. kind of interesting choice. And I think she stayed pretty true to uh, Dylan's original, and just in terms of her delivery. I mean, obviously yeah. the music is updated, um, but yeah, it's the song I Want You. Yeah, it's- apparently she did this. Uh, they had like some 30th anniversary of Bob Dylan at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and that's why she did it. They were like, hey, sing this song. And so she did. Yes, and um, it, but it, it, is, it is on the debut album. It is on Tongues mm-hmm. and Tales. It, it was included as a cut on her album, and she did uh, release it as a single. Um, it did not chart, but uh, she did release it anyway. So there yeah. you go. Take that. Darling, I want you so bad. Drunken politicians leap onto the street where mothers weep. So Sophie B's next album came out in 1994. Um, the first uh, single on this is actually not one that I had remembered. Um, and even though like I have this CD and I'm pretty sure I have the tape somewhere too, yeah. I did not remember this song. It's called Right Beside You. And it actually did chart on the Hot 100. Yeah, when I when I saw that, I was like, when did that chart? I've never heard of it. And then I listened to it. I watched the video. And it, I mean, I remember it playing. I just never once thought about it. It is not a long-lasting, memorable song. She definitely went to a different place with this album. I think it. she kind of tried to incorporate some more electronics into yes. her music. Yes, Um, Which, you know, the keyboards and stuff were there on the on the first album. Like, there's definitely like a synth, like a warm synth pad on Damn I Wish I Was Your Lover. But this is like a pretty straight-up kind of electronic pop song. Yeah, right I mean, it's got... You. It's a very weird song to me because you've got like that kind of dancey synth, you know, riff going throughout it. Uh-huh. So you're like, this could be a dance song, but it's still got that smooth overlay on right. top of it's it. Like, it's like Amy is... Grant tries to do a dance song, something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like Except that. oddly enough, actually, now that I think about it, Amy Grant's music is more danceable than this song. <laughs> baby, baby's a banger. Uh, but yeah, yeah like... It's a very weird song. It's like you could totally dance this. I'm sure probably there were some remixes that were just straight dance of this. For sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a very weird song because it's kind of like two different genres in one. And I don't know how to feel when I listen to it. So I just looked and uh, yeah, there actually are, there were, um, there was a a 12 inch promo single and a maxi single released of this song um, with some like house remixes. Wow. Uh, There was a club mix. There's one called like the hard floor mix. So uh, I'll grab one of these mixes and uh, put a little clip of it right here so we can hear one of the remixes of Right Beside You.
wanted to talk about Don't Don't Tell Me No, uh, because this is another one where she has like this strange like talking breakdown, yeah. which I guess maybe that was like trying to be her thing. I mean, I I guess. I think I talking <laughs> breakdowns were kind of like all the rage in the 90s, though, weren't they? Like it was a thing to like have a pause in your song and then start doing a talking break. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of those. Even Madonna did it in Vogue. Yep. And then later again in the, what was the one about my latte and blah, 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 American Life. Oh. Oh, I loved that song. I did not. I don't know. I think I was probably the only one. I loved American Life and I loved Die Another Day. That was a good song. Anyway, we're not talking about 2000s Madonna here, but. The (laughs) ultimate uh, 90s, like, uh, I'm going to take a break and talk slash rap for a little while is, uh, of course, Left Eye Lopez's Rap and Waterfalls. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a rainbow yesterday. That's right. <laughs> Believe in yourself. The rest is up to me and you. <laughs> I don't like that song, by the way. That's another hate song one. Tragic. Oh. I mean, like, we should remember that for hate songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is like Sophie B doing a talk break and don't, don't tell me no, which, you know, it's a cute song. It's, it's, it's fine. Did you notice something about the video? Did you watch the video? Yeah, I saw the video. It was recycling clips from California Here I Come. I didn't even notice that. Are you kidding I, it me? It was the first thing I noticed because I thought maybe I clicked on the wrong thing. I was like, is this not the official video? And it said official music video. It was recycling clips of her and like the, so I wonder if it was like some weird sequel. Oh my God. Sequel. How yeah. did I not notice no, that? No, I thought I like clicked on the wrong thing. That's how, how I noticed. funny. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, it's got some new clips of her just like sitting around singing or whatever, but it's got <laughs> clips of her like from like that, in that is empty awesome. pool of California, here I come. And I'm like, what is that? Girl, you couldn't even film a new thing. Oh my god! Hashtag budget video. That is hilarious. Hashtag How did I not fiscal notice responsibility. That? <laughs> <laughs> Sophie B. Hawkins for Secretary of the Treasury. Yes. Oh god. I'm I think we've come to what I would say is probably Sophie's best known song, even though I did refer to her as, as one of my two hit twofers. Um, this is the two hitter. Yeah, this the is the hitter. two hitter. And I, I mean, I think a lot of people do know Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. But this is the one that even though if people don't know it by name, they know this song. Mm-hmm. It was called As I Lay Me Down. This was a huge hit for her. This hit number six on the Hot 100. Um, so that's only one spot behind. Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover hit number five. So this was another top 10 hit for her at number six on the Hot 100. Um, and this song, I think, kind of holds a special place in my heart because it's one of the first ones I remember, like, when I was listening to pop radio on mm-hmm. my own, like, not not just with my parents having it on in the car, but, like, when I was listening to the radio, like, this is one of the first songs I remember hearing. So that yeah. would have been about right, you know, summer 94, I was eight years old, um, and I just, I think about this song, and I think about, like, remember Insensitive by Jan Arden? Yes, I think of that, and, like, remember uh, Jordan Hill's uh, Remember Me This Way? Yes. They all sound like that. Yes, it's just that, 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 man, that was just a magical summer for pop music, it wasn't was it? Like, I don't think they were but all the same year, but it was this, that kind of mid-90s, smoothish woman singer. Jan Arden and this one were definitely both 94, yes. and, and I just, I think about that that uh aesthetic and i think that this this song is the one i can always go to as a benchmark for that mid-90s pop aesthetic i mean everybody knows this song and also we we have to talk about yes that's uh, my favorite part of this yes (laughs) the little background singers in this this has been a great debate 
among me and my dad for 20 years now about what the (laughs) hell the singers in the background of this song are saying. I actually meant to look it up before this episode. I don't think there's an answer. I don't think you can find it anywhere. I don't think you'll find it in any official liner notes. I mean, not to any degree. You know, any lyric sites are just going to be someone speculating. What do you all think it is? Because well, I'll, I'll say, I'll tell you what I sing. <laughs> um, who loves tacos? Where's my poncho? Um, uh, arigato. <laughs> and then when I got to college, I made a friend named Eric Rothfuss, and then that got added to the list because we go Eric Rothfuss. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, I always sing it. I never even like thought of it as a weird thing until I got to college and it was on and my roommate at the time like just like walked in and he was just like, I love tacos. <laughs> and now I can't hear anything other than I love tacos. It does sound like I love tacos. Or maybe is- I'm I'm mulatto. Can we add that to the list? <laughs> mulatto. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you should definitely tweet us after we play. I'll make sure I, I play a clip that has these singers in there. And please, please tell us what the hell you think these people are saying. Yeah, I mean, everything, every answer is funny. I yes. don't know what it is. Every answer is funny because <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if anyone's ever asked her what they're saying. I don't know. Maybe we should track her butt down on Twitter and ask or her. Or ask her, ask her backup singers. Like, what are you saying? They're like, I don't know. I'm making noise. Oh, man. Could we track? Like, I wonder if we could get liner notes to track down who. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the ultimate offbeat track, like Nancy Drew moment, Carmen Sandiego yeah, yeah. moment? That's true investigative journalism. That's right. What? Track down the background singers on Sophie B. Hawker's Whaler, <laughs> Sophie Hawkins' Whaler album. Yeah, <laughs> Ask him what the also, hell. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> there's also a... Do you watch Community? Do uh, watch it? Oh, yes. Yeah, so are we going to talk about this now? <laughs> I, I don't know the story of this. All I know is that like people I know who don't care about music... Anytime Sophie B. Hawkins comes up, it's always this debate, which one is like better or something. And I'm like, what does it matter? And they're like, it's community. Harder. And I don't know what it, do you know what it is? Well, I didn't realize there was a debate. Um, the reason that people bring up the show community is because there's a character on the show community who mm-hmm. is supposed to be like this straw woman feminist. You know, the character is like clearly written by a bunch of dudes who don't like feminism. And she's supposed to be this token, like, feminist who hasn't thought a lot of things through and Mm -hmm. uh she insists in a moment of gender equality that the school have a a sadie hawkins dance but she gets confused (laughs) and says a sophie b hawkins dance that's even better and rather than admit that she misspoke uh insists that there is something called a sophie b hawkins dance and of course in the end of the episode ends up getting sophie b hawkins to come play at the dance okay that's pretty cool yeah, okay, now I get why everyone was saying that stuff, because I would always hear that from community <laughs> fans, or, yeah, from community fans, I'd be like, I don't know, what do you, what are you talking about ever? <laughs> and it sounds like church bells, or the whistle of a train on a summer evening, I want to make you barefoot, barely breathing. As I lay me down to sleep, as I pray that you are home. The one last song, uh, one last single we're going to talk about from this record is Only Love, uh, which is also subtitled The Ballad of Sleeping Beauty. And it was How originally... How mid-90s hippie is The Ballad of Sleeping right? Beauty? Right? That's exactly what I was oh going to say. Oh, my God. Like, so 90s. 
When I um, saw that on the list, my eyes went so far up in my head. This was actually originally the B-side to Right Beside You. When she released Right Beside You, this was the B-side, and then she gave it its own single release. It did not chart, but it's very cute, and the ni- the it video is. is very 90s. And you were you were just remarking about what a 90s title, The Ballad of Sleeping Beauty, is. <laughs> did you know that Martin Page... Remember, this is... Okay, this yeah. is another perfect mid-90s oh, song. God. Remember In the House of Stone and Light by yes, Martin Page? Uh-huh. Okay. Did you know that... Thunder Gulch, who won the Kentucky Derby in 1995, mm-hmm. the owners commissioned him to write a song about Thunder Gulch, and there was a song called The Ballad of Thunder Gulch that Martin Page sings, wrote and sings, and this is a thing that exists. <laughs> the 90s were so weird. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, Sophie's was The Ballad of Sleeping Beauty. be honest i'm a little salty about thunder gulch because my brother bet on that horse we were we were little kids and my dad worked at the track every year uh for his job Uh and he would always let us put two dollars on whatever derby horse we wanted and we would always just pick by name and he picked thunder gulch and he put two dollars and he won like 200 back because the odds were so yeah anyway yes (laughs) i would be better as Uh, well sophie um has definitely put out albums since these these big two um her um her third one was called timber it came out in uh, 97 98 somewhere around there and uh there was some controversy around that album um there i'm not going to play any of the clips from the music but um the there are a couple of songs that had different lyrics like censored lyrics on a re-release that came out two years later and I was looking them up, and some of the lyrics are pretty graphic, like about rape and sodomy and things like that. So Ooh. I don't, yeah, very interesting. But the the music, like if you go listen to the music on on the third album and beyond, it's um still very true to who she was as an artist. And I think it actually kind of grew. She kind of grew out of the the '90s a little bit, even though that album came out in '99. It was it that album sounds very 2000 2001. If you if you go listen to it, um, yeah, the late '90s had moved on a little bit. Like, I think probably that sound lasted up through, like, 97, 98. Like, that whole uh, Lilith Fair sound was very Sophie B. Hawkins, and there were a lot of people who kind of built on that. Yes. Um, she would go on to release uh, two more albums after that, and she she has a live album out, which I love, that I love, called Bad Kitty Board Mix. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with that title, but that's, that's but just... But it works. Yeah. That's just so awesome. I'd listen to it. And I think, of course, we have to talk about... Uh, <laughs> Her, her little um her moment in 2008 here which is just it was so cute this is uh from hillary clinton's first uh presidential bid in 2008 when she yes. did not get the democratic nomination it uh, happened yeah um but she re-recorded and re-released damn i wish i was your lover <laughs> about hillary and it is called damn i wish you were president because yeah that's a very interesting i had i do not remember that from 2008 do you remember that i don't remember it at all i, I didn't remember it until you sent it to me last night and i was I, like i'd never what? heard of it but i i'm just so glad that it's a thing that happened i mean how cool is that yeah i wonder if i don't know this well, is a sore subject with me right now however yeah. it's a uh, it's very interesting that we're talking about it right now but um yeah it's a very weird little pop culture meets history and it's <laughs> meets so politics yeah 
Silly. But so on point. Like, somehow, if you were like, hey, guess what? Sophie B. Hawkins released a song about Hillary. Like, I would and totally believe that, right? Here's my thing about that video. I don't know if you noticed this. Like, also, she's very pitchy yeah, in she, that singing. She, uh, yes. But well, also. <laughs> she, um, Sophie B. did release a video for this. And it's like her walking around with a boombox singing the song. And here's what I don't. Did you notice she's, wherever she is, she's somewhere with a bunch of palm trees. But she's wearing, like, huge mittens and a giant, like, coat i wonder where the hell she was what was going on like she's at palm trees it can't be that cold (laughs) that was the part that i was distracted by the whole time like people who are from the west coast people are from the west coast are wussy about cold weather it's like 68 and they're putting on coats like it's like break it you remember the break it episode where like i was remarking about how they're like at venice beach and people are in bikinis and she's like should i grab my coat maybe that's what it was It's one of those moments. <laughs> you have no idea. Hold on, guys. Do. I'll be right back. I got to go shoot a music video with a boombox about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> All her friends are like, oh, whatever, Sophie. <laughs> uh, I bet. You do you, girl. Let's see. I'm trying to think how to wrap this up. How do you wrap up Sophie B. Hawkins? She's unwrappable. She is unwrappable. She's unwrappable and unflappable. Unwrappable. She's still at it. What, what is interesting, though, is that I've I've um, I noticed a couple quotes that seems that she may uh, she may be a bit more conservative politically than now than she was in two thousand eight. <laughs> like uh, she did a she did an event for Go uh-huh. Proud. If you're familiar with that, no. What is Go Proud? Go Proud is the group for gay Republicans. Ooh, I mean, so she, yeah, she she did a, a concert for them. So. Um, she may be uh, into the politics of people like Margaret Hoover and I think she's just I think she's very like I know she's very instrumental in like the whole LGBT community because she kind of is one. She, she so was she was I also wonder. part of a uh, documentary that Reason Reason TV did you know <sighs> I roll um, did a documentary called Liberal in Bed Conservative in the Head and <laughs> 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 she was a part of that. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I yeah. would watch that just yeah. to see yeah, what the right. hell that I mean, means. Whatever gets you, I just imagine that it's a lot of like angry Republicans like yelling things about tax code while they have sex with each other. It sounds very libertarian. Yes. Very, yeah, very, very uh, libertarian. Interesting. So, yep, that's what Sophie's up to these days. Um, yeah. uh, her last album came out in uh, 2012, and uh, I'm not sure if she's working on um, much now, but yeah, I haven't we seen are much very thankful for these, uh, these two lovely albums she bestowed us with that were big hits for her. Yeah, and let us know what you think, what the hell you think she's saying. Yeah, we want to know. As I lay me down. Yes. Hashtag what she's saying. I, <laughs> I love tacos. Who wants nachos? Who wants nachos? Eric Rafus. <laughs> <laughs> Arigato. There. <laughs> well, uh, until next time, uh, Arigato for listening. Yeah. I don't know any other Japanese beyond that. I, I love tacos. I love tacos as well. We should go get some tacos. I think we will after this. All right, cool. Till next week. See ya. See ya.